This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 194-inch. On this episode, we welcome ludicrous Lori McMillan back to the podcast. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Well, hello, Ethan. Hey, Dave and Ethan. This is your friend, Ron. I'd like to congratulate you on four years of the podcast and hope for another 27 years. Have a great day. Wow. Thanks for the message, Ron. Yeah, thank you for that kind message. Of course, Ron left that message on our 347 spatula hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, because this past Monday, May 8th, marked the four-year anniversary of the launch of our podcast. Over the course of the last four years, we've had the pleasure of welcoming so many incredible friends and amazing guests each episode. We've also gotten to pull back the curtain to share our experiences as Weird Al superfans, as background actors in Weird the Al Yankovic story, and of course, all of our world-famous concert reviews. Plus, we've even debuted rare and never-before-released Weird Al music and audio. Not too shabby if you ask me. And like Ron said, here's to another 27 more years. And with that, let's check out what's happening in Weird Al-related news. Well, it's been a busy week for collectors like both of us because several long-awaited Weird Al items have finally started shipping and arriving. Fans who ordered Weird the Al Yankovic Story DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K Ultra HD Blu-rays, or one of the collector's editions from Umbrella Entertainment should start receiving their items any moment now if they haven't already. Now, both Ethan and myself have received ours, and they look absolutely amazing. Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled about finally getting the collector's edition because not only did they come with the Blu-ray or the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray, they also came with a nice little book, art cards, a double-sided poster, an optional exclusive Hawaiian shirt, and a numbered slipcase. The 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray collector's edition was limited to 500 and the Blu-ray was limited to only 170. We started sharing which numbers we got over on our official Facebook group, group.2000inch.com, and we'd love it if you would join in the fun and do the same. If you missed out on picking up one of these collector's editions, unfortunately they are sold out. But Umbrella Entertainment is still selling the unlimited editions of the DVDs, the Blu-rays, the 4K Ultra HD Blu-rays. All of them are available right now over at shop.umbrellaent.com.au. And it is our understanding that the 4K Ultra HDs are region free, but the DVDs are region 4 and the Blu-rays are region B. And if you don't know what any of that means, then hopefully you just are happy to have it in your collection like we are. And in other collector and Weird the Al Yankovic story related news, our friend Javier Valdez recently brought some additional foreign releases to our attention. A German Blu-ray and a German DVD are both set to be released on June 30th. But if you're not in Germany, like us, they are available for pre-order in America via the German Amazon website. And meanwhile, Spain's Amazon website has a Spanish version Blu-ray on their site available right now. The Spanish distributor mentioned both a Blu-ray and a DVD on their website, but so far we've been unable to locate anything but the Blu-ray. 
We'll keep you up to date as we continue to be on the lookout for any other international releases and national releases. But if you happen to spot any, please let us know. If you are interested in picking up these releases for your Weird Al or Dave and Ethan collections, you can purchase them using your normal Amazon.com login information. However, you will need to order directly from the Amazon.de or Amazon.es websites. And Ethan, you remember way back in October of last year when Mondo partnered with the Roku channel and J.J. Harrison and they announced a new poster for the then-upcoming biopic, Weird the Yankovic Story? Oh, man. Uh, that was so, so long ago. Well, here it is, seven months later, and we have finally received our posters. Well, that took unnecessarily long. Yes, it did. Well, at least we didn't also pay in full seven months ago like complete idiots. Uh, actually, yeah, we did. Oh. Well, if you were smart and waited until right now, and you still want one of those posters, they're still available over on Mondoshop.com with a much more reasonable three to five business days shipping time frame. And you better act fast because Mondo says they are almost gone. But also because Mondo is pretty much almost gone as well, so you better act quick. This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York. Home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito your Burrito Burrito. Or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquare.com and WizardBurger.com and order ahead. We have a real treat to start off year five of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. She is a returning guest and true friend of the podcast that we had on over a year ago, way back on episode 152-inch and episode 153-inch. Dave and I are thrilled to welcome back to the podcast longtime friend, former girlfriend of Weird Al Yankovic, Lori McMillan. How's it going, Lori? It's going great. It's going great. How are you how are, how are you two doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks for joining us yet again for more history lesson in the life of Weird Al. There's <laughs> incredible stuff that you've already told us so far and and just uh, some previews that you've given us. We we cannot wait to uh, keep this conversation going. Well, great. Now, on our on our last interview with you, you mentioned Beefalo Bill and and what he talked about on our show. And I believe you were actually with Beefalo and Dr. Demento and Al at the fateful day when Al wrote Another One Rides the Bus. Yes, yes, I was. Um, that, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I want to think of that as being kind of in the room where it happened kind of thing where he wrote that. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that, that whole weekend yeah. was so much fun. Um, so Beefalo Bill, he told the story very well. He got so many of the details just really exact and all that. But one thing he didn't mention was because Beefalo Bill, Weird Al, uh, Dr. Demento and Damascus, they were all coming down from Los Angeles. Um, my parents lived sort of near the Tribuco Canyon area where Holy Jim is. So we all decided to meet at my parents' house. And my mom had made uh, breakfast for everybody. She made pancakes and we were all kind of sitting around the table. And um, 
I remember Dr. Demento was looking out the back. My parents' house kind of looks out over into this, you know, beautiful eucalyptus forest. And he just, he was making comments how beautiful it was and, you know, um, how nice, you know, how peaceful it was. And I remember my, that made my mom feel good. You know, like Dr. Demento yeah. likes our house. You know, she, <laughs> oh. He likes our area. Yeah. And the pancakes were really good too, by the way. Well, how, how surreal <laughs> was it for you? I mean, uh, last time we, we chatted, you were saying how Dr. Demento being on the phone with him was just like nerve wracking for you. Now he's sitting in your kitchen eating pancakes that your mom made. <laughs> <laughs> it was very surreal. It was very, very surreal. I think, you know, it's funny because even today when I'm around him, he seems, um, you know, like just like, like. Uh, what what's the term, you know, just, larger you know, larger than life. Than life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he really is. But he's such, he's such a nice person. He is so sweet. He's such a nice person. But, you know, I think that I always saw him as, you know, kind of like he was, you know, he was you know, older than the rest of us. And one of the things that people don't really, I think, mention when they talk about the people on the Dr. Demento show, most of the people were only children. I mean, you can go through Weird Al, um, uh, Art Barnes, Whimsical Will, Musical Mike. Uh, even I, I, mean, I have a brother and a sister, but they're much older than me. So I was raised as an only ch- child. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like only children. And Dr. Demento was like, you know, almost like a father in a way. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, every time I think about that group, I think about family. I really think about family. But yes, having him... In my house, you know, eating pancakes, that was, uh, yeah, that, that, that. Yeah. I mean, even when I think about, you know, Weird Al stayed at my parents' house is kind of surreal. Yeah. You know, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> True. At the time, I mean, at the time, it was, you know, it just seemed like, oh, yeah, he's coming down and, you know, we're going to go out, you know, a couple of, you know, a couple of nights. So he's going to do the, you know, crash on the couch kind of thing. But now when I think about it, I, I think, oh, yeah. And the funny thing is, my um, my brother and my sister and I still own that house, wow. so I can go in that room and I can say, "Oh, oh yeah, wow. this is where everyone sat around." <laughs> yeah. Cool. Dave and I need to buy that house for our collection. <laughs> Would you like to? <laughs> there you go. I have a house to sell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I imagine you were, you know, it was surreal for you. What about your parents? Like, I mean, they were aware of Dr. Demento and and that he was Mm -hmm. this, you know, celebrity of the time. Were they nervous about him coming to their house? You know, I I don't know if they were. You know, it's funny. My father was definitely not nervous. My father was the kind of person who would want to sit down with you and and, you know, talk about records, you know, the things he knew. Mm -hmm. Because my father, my parents came from the great generation, so... You know, the music they listened to was, you know, all the great big band, swing, you know, um, all that type of music. So my dad would just sit there and, you know, well, let me have a conversation with, you know, Dr. Demento. And my mother would be very polite and, you know, oh, would would anybody like, you know, some tea? Would anybody like some more food? And yeah, I mean, they, 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 they just, they, they loved it. And they, and I have to say, my parents loved Al, even even after, you know, um, I made the transition of being a girlfriend into just being a friend, my mother, every time she saw 
Al on TV or she saw an article in the newspaper, she would cut it out for me and oh, save wow. it for me. And, oh, yeah, I saw oh. Al on TV. I mean, even, even you know, much later, but, you know, even into the 90s, I saw Al on TV yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's so sweet. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And were, were the uh, the group of guys, Al and Bill and Damascus, were they like kind of rambunctious? Like how last time you were saying like Joe Early and Joel were, you know, pulling pranks and stuff? Or were they pretty well behaved somewhere like your parents' house? They they, they were much more behaved. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but they were very polite. Yeah. You know, everybody was yeah. very polite. I that's That's one thing I would say. You know, very appreciative, you know, thank yous and please, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, everybody's parents raised them right, I could say that. And then, you know, even the idea that I'm a, you know, I'm a girl, I'm going to this cabin with no electricity, no water, you know, nothing like that with four, you know, men. You know, my parents, you know, thought, oh, no, 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 they're, you know, everything's fine, you know. Right. These are, you know, these are all good guys and all that. Right. And, you know, it, it, which was true, which was absolutely true. You know, um, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, my, my, I think my parents thought, oh, she's going off with her uncle and, you know, some cousins, you know, right. that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're probably like the four guys you'd want your daughter going to a cabin with, you know, it's just like, probably. these guys are responsible. They're going to take care <laughs> of her. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, they, you know, I don't think that they were, they were concerned at all. No. <laughs> So we heard Beefalo Bill's rendition of this uh, weekend uh, when he was on our podcast earlier. But what do you remember about, you know, spending that weekend with these four gentlemen out in the woods? Well, I remember when we got out there, we did a lot of hiking. We were hiking along the creeks there and, you know, kind of into the wilderness. And then at night, I'm trying to remember what we ate because I, I obviously they're you know, there I there wasn't electricity, but I'm trying to remember if there was gas going in there. So we probably and I'm making this up, but we probably had something like chili or something like that. And um, Doctor Demento and Beefalo Bill, um, they brought a bunch of 78s because there was an old Victrola um, at the house, and oh, so cool. they were playing the 78s. Oh, yeah, cool. so they're yeah. kind of in the corner doing that. And um, this was Sunday morning. I remember Al was kind of sitting in the corner writing something. It was kind of giggling to himself. So I went over <laughs> and I said, what are you writing? And I'm looking and he said, oh, it's, a, it's a parody of Another One Bites the Dust. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to this day, to this day, I regret that I didn't go on the Dr. Demento show that night. Because oh. I was tired. Because I was tired. Oh. That was my excuse. Oh. We had stayed up pretty much the night before. And I didn't want to drive to Hollywood and back because I was tired. It's such a stupid, wow. lame excuse. I could have been part of history. I'm part of the prehistory, but not part of the yeah. actual history. Well, what if you would have ruined history? And, and not to be insulting, but what if you were there and because you were dating Al, he would have insisted that you beat on the accordion case, and then Bermuda wouldn't have been there, and then <laughs> who knows what would have happened? <laughs> I will guarantee that would not have happened. Okay. <laughs> it would not have happened. I didn't have that kind of talent. Okay. No, that would not have happened. 
everything else would have been fine. I would have been clapping in the background. Okay. I think that's probably <laughs> no, all. No. Yes. No, it, it would have been it would have been fine. It would have been Tom what was it? Tom and Jerry were there? Tom and Jerry and Ludacris right. Lori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Now, you mentioned you went back to, to L.A., you know, instead of going to the uh, Dr. Demento show to, to listen to be recording. Did you at least listen to the Dr. Demento show while it was airing? Oh, I did. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Trust so me. Even back then, history. I was. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> I listened every Sunday. And I especially listened that night. And I thought, oh, I wish I could have been there. Oh, <laughs> But like I said, I could say I'm part of the prehistory. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting. What else do you remember about that uh, camping trip? Uh, do you remember how it got set up and, you know, how you got invited and, and all that? Well, Beefalo Bill's family had the cabin up there. So uh, I think it, I think he just decided, you know, um, I don't know exactly how he arranged it, but he basically said, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going up there and somehow he asked Dr. Demento and I, I'm not sure exactly how Damascus and Al got, you know, invited along too, but I think it was just something we'd kind of, you know, some, I don't know, Beefalo, it's, it's funny because I'm trying to remember who specifically said, I don't know if it, if it was Al or Beefalo Bill said, you know, we're going up to this cabin and we're going to be really close to where, you know, you're living and do you want to join us? Something, it was probably something like that. Hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it was a little, you know, like, I, I, again, I was a little bit nervous because, you know, going to a cabin, not going to a cabin with all men, that didn't, that didn't, you know, um, that didn't throw me at all. It was going to a cabin, no electricity, no water. There's an outhouse. Right. You know, oh, that's more oh, of the, yeah. oh my goodness. Because yeah. I will tell you today, I will tell you today, camping for me is staying at a Best Western. You know that. You know, right. ha- I need the facilities. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking back then. I, there. I mean, I would do like I. I wouldn't have any problems climbing trees and you know doing things like that. But I, there was a part of me that was kind of girly girl back then too. Uh, you know, I. The idea of going a day or two without a shower, I was kind of cringe, you know. You start getting kind of cringy and, you know. But then again, I'm a girl, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you, and I'm not a girl. <laughs> you wouldn't catch me camping anywhere. <laughs> so when you guys are at the campsite... I mean, what sort of stuff were you doing? Was Al really just, like, completely by himself the whole time? Or were you guys doing, like, you know, campfire stories and, and that kind of stuff? Oh, no, I think I think most of the time we were, you know, telling the campfire stories or, you know, just talking about certain things. But for some reason, I remember that Sunday morning, we kind of broke off into different little, you know, groups, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's, I think Al... You know what probably happened? He probably, like, you know, this idea came to him, you know, and he decided, oh, I've got to write this down, you know, before I forget it or something like that. Yeah. And was Al writing it in, like, a, a special notebook where he wrote down song ideas or was it just, like, a scrap of paper? Do you recall? You know, it seemed because I don't think he had, like, the notebook with him. It seemed like it was just, it was on notebook paper, though. If I remember, it was on notebook paper. Hmm. And, you know, the funny thing is, 
for some reason, I thought that I had those lyrics, but I don't. Hmm. I look oh. through, like, I'll, I thought that I had them for some strange, strange reason, but I, I don't, I don't have them. But then again, I'm thinking they would have gone to the studio that night. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right. You know, went off and into somebody else's house. Yeah, we talked a lot last time about the My Bologna lyrics that you have. Was, was there ever a point where Al or Bermuda or someone was like, hey, can I have those? <laughs> Or have they just been yours? No, they've always been mine. They have always been mine. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Bermuda hasn't said that. Let me add this to the, you know, to the collection. But if Bermuda ever, if he ever, ever like opens up like a Weird Al museum, which I don't see why there shouldn't be one. um, That's something I would definitely say. This could be part of the collection. Right. Be on loan from Laurie McMillan. Yeah. (laughs) On loan. Yes. On loan from the McMillan Foundation. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) After I've turned it into an NFT, of course. Right. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I think it's already technically an NFT. Just it's a one of a kind thing, you know? (laughs) I guess so. I don't know how any of that stuff works. I don't know. But it is safe. (laughs) And and, And just so people don't think I'm crazy, it is in a safe deposit box with other things. I did not get a specific safe deposit box for that only, like you would see in, like, National Treasure. Right. Right. Well, is it, like, at least behind, like, museum glass and, like, protected and bulletproof and fireproof and everything? Exactly. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) It's it's very safe. (laughs) And, you know, if Dave and I find ourselves in the Los Angeles area, not not on the podcast, but if you could just tell us the coordinates so we know not to go there with (laughs) burglar masks on. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yes. So after, you know, Another One Rides the Bus premieres and and Al starts kind of more exploding and and gaining more fans and everything, what was your reaction through all that? And what were you doing at that point? Um, Well, I was going to college, but I was I was amazed. I mean, like I said, I I I always thought that he would be, you know, go, you know, going places with his music. Um, no, I, I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled. And um, I think that it's, it's funny because he started doing more and more songs that would appear on the Dr. Demento show. A lot of the ones I, I, I would know about because he would tell me about them, you know, recording them. But every once in a while, something, you know, would, and this was years later, this is years after this whole 1980 thing. And I'm trying to remember what year it was, but I remembered... Uh, it, being in my car, I had the Dr. Demento show on in my car, and Spam had come on, and I didn't know he had done that. And oh, yeah. I, I don't know why. I just thought this is really funny. And then I and I could I could tell it was Al, but I thought I don't remember him doing this. This is really funny. And uh, yeah, so even even things I didn't know. I mean, even today, you know, there are a lot of things that I. I you know, I mean, back then I was pretty in touch with, you know, his new albums and, you know, a lot of times he would play me things, you know, before they came out and stuff like that. But cool. you know, once in a while, some of those would kind of sneak by me and that was one of them. I still like that. That's that's still one of those songs. I don't know. It's not one of his like most requested songs, but I, I like it. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yep. 
Now, I hope this is not going too personally, but, you know, you mentioned, I think, the first time we chatted about only dating Al for a couple months. Was there a breakup? Was was there any kind of incident that happened? Or no, There wasn't. No, there wasn't any breakup. I think that it was just a... He, he was graduating from Cal Poly. He moved down to L.A. And it was more of a just, you know, growing apart kind of thing. Hmm. So, I mean, there, hmm. there was never, never any arguments, you know, never any bad words or anything like that. It just, I think that, I, and, and, you know, we never talked about that. It, it, it was just a, okay, we're going our own ways. But like I said, we, we remained friends. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that that was the important thing, you know, he, if he started going up with women who, you know, I'd met, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, like anything that I would go, oh, why is he going up with her or anything like that? It was more of a, well, I hope he's happy. And, you know, I'm dating, you know, people here and hopefully he thinks, you know, hope, mm-hmm. I hope he thinks that I'm happy, that kind of thing. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I said, I think that that's why. You know, um, we have remained friends. Mm-hmm. Very cool. After you guys started to drift apart, were you still exchanging letters and, and that kind of stuff? Or did that stop? That stopped. That yeah. stopped. I think that it's funny because there were a few years, like two or three years that I hadn't seen him. And I lost I lost track of him. I lost, you know, his. He, he'd moved to a couple of different places. So I lost his phone number. And um, at the time, I was working at a post-production facility that it was this great post-production facility that back in 1989, they did a lot of the, you know, really great music videos that, you know, MTV was showing. A lot of the David Fincher, um, Mark Romanoff, you know, videos, they, they did all the telecine and online, offline post at this place. And... Somebody was doing something. They were working on something in one of the one in one of the edibates that had Al in it, and I was standing outside, and one of my friends who you know worked at the place saw me just kind of looking in, and he said, "You know, you should get a hold of Al. You know, you should see if you can find you know you can contact him again." And I said, "I don't know how I can do that." And then I I, I ended up going on the Doctor Demento show and asking Doctor Demento. Um, you know, would it be possible to get Al's number? I, I kind of lost track. And I said, do you think he would mind? And Dr. Demento said, no, no, he'd be happy to hear from you. So um, that was, like I said, 1989, you know, hmm. 1989 into 1990. And that's when yeah. we, you know, kind of started like a fresh new type of uh, friendship. Right. Wow. And, uh, oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. So were you still going on the Dr. Demento show that whole time? Um, on and off, Yes. Not ev- like not every other week or anything really regular, but I would try to go on several times a year. Oh wow! And I think I did that up until the nineteen nineties. They went from KMT oh, yeah. to KLSX, and um, after the KLSX, um, you know, after that show went away, then I stopped, you know, doing that. But I still attend the Doctor Demento reunions. Um, Jeff Morris and Joan Manners, who are amazing, they they get Doctor Demento and his group together every you know every few years mm-hmm. or so. Um, they'll pull pull together a Doctor Demento reunion. Yeah. Um, the last time was for his, I want to say his seventy eighth and an eighth birthday. I think that was. 
Um, but they are just fabulous, at, you oh, know, yeah. getting people together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how cool. Incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times Al shows up. If he's not on tour, he'll sh- he'll show up at those as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are you Did you ever do any music or record anything yourself? No. No. And that is something I wish I had done. That's It's on my bucket list. I have a friend who's a songwriter, and that's one of the things I'm going to like say, you know what, at some point, can we do something so I can at least say that I have a song that I can... <laughs> you know, maybe get out there. No, no. You know, it's so funny because I'm one of those people, I want to say I'm like a, I I want to say I'm a Gertrude Stein kind of person where I would be the person who would bring a lot of the creative people together. I've always had jobs that have been, you know, either engineering or working in advertising, things like that, you know, just, you know, regular jobs. But I always, I've always had these, creative people around me mm-hmm. and um i'm really good about bringing people together that's one of my talents but oh, yeah. i don't have the musical talent or you know the writing talent or the acting talent that my friends do i just appreciate that right now you mentioned that you connected back up with weird al again in the late 80s early 90s uh, what kind of uh, relationship did you guys have at that point, were you still hanging out together again, or were you just uh, trading letters again? What kind of relationship was it at that point? No, by th- by then we were hanging out. Um, okay, we hung out quite a bit. You know, just fun, just like fun times. The place I worked um, was a place called Western International Media on Sunset Boulevard. Al lived um, kind of up above, you know, kind of a short distance from there. So a lot of times, at, you know, during lunch, I would go up to his place and he would play me some of his new songs or show me excerpts from Much Music. And if you haven't seen his Much Music shows, I think some of them are perhaps are, are on YouTube. They are so funny. Yeah. But he would oh, just yeah. <laughs> he, he would show me, you know, these different things and we just sit around and laugh and then I'd have to go back to work again. But um, we're cool. <laughs> Yeah, by that by that time, this is when I started meeting different you know different people. Like in nineteen ninety, I um, I brought Al to a They Might Be Giants concert. Oh, um, I, oh I, cool. Yeah, That's, oh yeah. Let's talk about They Might Be Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I just discovered their music, and they had come to Los Angeles. I believe they're performing at the Wiltern Theater. So uh, I got tickets. I got. I, I think I got some really good tickets too, if I remember correctly. And I asked Al if he wanted to go, and he said, "Yeah, sure." So somehow, I think through Jay Levy, he arranged to get us backstage afterwards. Oh wow! So we went back. Yeah. So we nice. met the band, and um, Al really wanted to tour with them. He wanted them to be his opening act, but I believe what their manager said was. They Might Be Giants didn't want to be considered as a novelty act at that time. Mm. So they said, yeah, that probably, you know, wouldn't work out so well. But um, what an incredible yeah. show that would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my Seriously. Gosh. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. And um, I was going to say, so um, despite that, despite not being able to tour with them, this is something that I'm not sure if this is true or not, but 
Um, Al did another, uh, not another one rides the bus, what am I saying? He did um, Everything You Know Is Wrong, which is a style parody or a pastiche of <laughs> They Might Be Giants. Right. I want to say he did that to make me happy. Because really? he knew how much I liked They Might oh, Be wow. Giants. I don't know that for yeah. a fact. I don't know that for a fact, but I remembered when he did that and he played it for me. I said, oh my gosh, this is so good. This is like, this is so, so good. (laughs) And I've asked him over and over again, can you please play that in concert? But apparently that's one of those songs that is, well, he was saying it's a little too difficult to do. And I, I'm not sure why. I've heard that twice. Um, Hmm. Bermuda had said that um, their song, Here's Johnny. Mm-hmm. has a, an extremely complicated, um, like the, the, the drums in that are so complicated that that's a hard thing to you know, really do on stage too. And Bermuda's like, he's an extremely like talented drummer. But I remember, you know, when, when you hear about things that are too, well, of course, um, the Hamilton polka would be too difficult to do live. But you know, those three songs are, are ones yeah. that I've heard that, you know, you're probably not going to, mm. you know, hear live. Yeah. But someday I'd like to hear that. I would love to hear that. I mean, everything you know is wrong is certainly a fan favorite. I think everyone would rejoice yes. in getting to hear that live. Well, what is it? Sure. They have, you know, you, you have your They Might Be Giants, you know, your little sets, like little circles. You know, fans, you know, who like They Might Be Giants and fans who like Weird Al and those two circles come together. Oh, yeah. A big Venn diagram overlap. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Now, what about Everything You Know Is Wrong made you think he wrote that one, you know, for you or, or to make you happy? Was there any, like, lyric thing that sort of made tipped you off? Or was it just the fact that it was, you know, a They Might Be Giants type song it was they might be giants that yeah. that was it it was it, you know he he didn't you know he he didn't do a you know a, a parody parody of them but doing the style parody mm-hmm. you know i i think it was like mm. laurie i think you're gonna like this one it's like yes <laughs> yes please more of that please <laughs> have you ever heard uh like a weird owl lyric and thought like oh that's that's a reference to you know something that you know, happen personally or, or something that you, you know, was like, maybe not necessarily like a, a pop culture reference, but maybe a, a reference to something in Al's life or one of your friends or anything like that. No, I wish I could say that I, I, I could say, you know, cause I know that there's so many songwriters that you could say, Oh, well that is a reference to this person, but no, I would say nothing. Unfortunately, I, Again, it would be I, I. I would love to find out that I'm wrong about that, but no, no. <laughs> Everything yeah. you know is wrong. <laughs> Everything you know is wrong. Exactly. There you go. There you right go. there. Right there. <laughs> he actually gave me a book. This was a Christmas present. Everything you know is wrong, as well. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe there's a little tie to I. You know, here's a Christmas gift. I did the song and. I know you like they might be giants. Yeah. (laughs) So, Lori, when we were emailing back and forth, you mentioned that you actually introduced Al to one of my other favorite people in the world, Bob Odenkirk. You have to tell us the story behind that. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, the way I met Bob Bob Odenkirk, I, um, I, I went to University High School in Irvine, 
And I went to my 10-year reunion, um, and I ended up um, finding an old friend of mine from, like, junior high and then into high school, Hmm. um, this woman named Claire Parton. So, you know, we sat at the same table, and um, we didn't really feel like we fit in with the rest of the crowd. The rest of the crowd was, you know, they they seemed to be married with children and talking about all that sort of stuff. And Mm -hmm. she was living in Chicago at the time and moving to Los Angeles. And I said, well, I live in Los Angeles, so we should get together. And she said, yeah, you know, you would get along with my my fiancé who... um, you know, he's he's a writer for Saturday Night Live, and he's moving to Los Angeles, too. His name is Bob Odenkirk. And I thought, oh, okay, that, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun, I'll, you know. And she's, you know, she was mentioning he was coming to Los Angeles to do the Ben Stiller show. So um, when he moved, you know, out to L.A., Claire and Bob and I, you know, got together and, you know... Um, we hit it off right away. Just, you know, the three of us were just having so much fun together. And I rem- see, it's interesting because at that time, I was having what are called viewing parties, um, either at my apartment or my friend Jerry Beck, who is like this amazing animation historian. He would have these view- viewing parties at his house. And um, the viewing parties were basically around if anybody in that group had something that they wanted to show the group, something new, like for instance, John Chris Belusi, John Kay of Ren and Stimpy was part of this group. Hmm. He would show like rough cuts of the new Ren and Stimpy episodes before they came out. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I remember bringing uh, Bob to one of those, um, you know, Bob and Claire to one of those, those, you know, parties. And, at some point, I remember Andy Dick started to attend too. Now, I, I'm trying to remember if Al had met Bob at one of those parties because I I also remember when Al was trying to piece together what would become the Weird Al show, the one he did for CBS. Mm-hmm. He was sitting back trying to think of like, you know, like a dream list of people who would be part of the show. And he said, you know who? There's one guy who I think is a great writer, Bob Odenkirk. And I said, well, guess what? I know Bob Odenkirk. And he kind of looked at me like, wait a minute. How, how, is, how is that? I said, yes, he's, he's like, you know, the fiance of, you know, an old friend of mine. I'll introduce the two of you. So, um, you know, I, I introduced him to Bob Odenkirk that way. Um, that's also, see, it's interesting. I remembered you had a discussion with Mr. Lawrence and Mr. Lawrence thought he met Al through Jerry Beck, but I actually introduced Al to Jerry Beck because I knew Mr. Lawrence through Jerry, and I knew Al because I knew Al. Right. So I I was that connection there. Oh wow! Oh, but cool. um, yeah, there were there were a lot of people in this group, and and it's as the years went by, this group became more and more like you know. Um, more and more fun, this, you know, kind of viewing party group. So Joel Hodson and uh, Frank Conniff, uh, TV's Frank, of Mystery Science Theater became part of that group as well. And I remembered, yeah, I remembered having dinners where I would invite Joel and his wife-to-be, Tiffany, and I would invite Al and, you know, maybe, you know, I might have Bob Bob Odenkirk and Claire, you know, too, in those groups. Um, 
but it's interesting with Joel because I know that Joel had tried out for UHF, but I don't know if Joel and Al had met at that time. I think I don't think he met Joel until the nineties during this time. But yeah, I mean those that that the nineties were so much fun back then. Um because you never knew, you know, who, who you would run into, you know, whether, because a lot of times if, if um, let's say I'm inviting people over, they can invite other people over. So, you know, you have, you know, different people who, like I remember inviting one of my work friends, you know, to one of these little get togethers. And she ended up bringing her fiance, Ed Wasser, from Babylon 5 with her. Okay. So it was one of the, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. When you talk about the 19, like I mean, when you're talking about Los Angeles, 1990s, and oh yeah, everybody knew each other kind of thing. <laughs> it was kind of like that. It was really a nice time, just like a fun time. But everybody was so nice to one another. And, you know, you'd have people probably on the side trying to say, hey, let's do something together. Let's, you know try to work on a project together but most of the time yeah. it was more of a let's get together to support each other's you know projects you know and and give yeah. each other feedback but like i said that was me i was the one bringing people together rather than actually doing the create you know the creative part yeah very cool well i gotta keep asking about bob so <laughs> yes of course Did, were you ever at a taping or anything for mr show or any of his live shows with like david cross well, we need to stop the interview right there, but we will be back next episode with even more from Lori. What the heck does that mean? It certainly doesn't mean we have a voice message on our 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave Nathan's 2008 Weird Al podcast. Actually, I think it means we have a handwritten message for the 347 Spatula Hotline. Wait, wait that, that's a thing? Uh, I guess. All right, well, uh, someone wasted a stamp on this, so we might as well read it. Oh, this is a postcard. Oh, and on it, it shows Mickey Mouse on some sort of cruise ride, but in a jungle with all sorts of animals and foliage, and wow, this is pretty cool. Oh, look, look, on the back, there's actually writing. Great! Well, let's hear it, Dave. Well, I mean, it is a pretty long postcard. Maybe we should skip it. Actually, according to the Canadian Broadcasting Commission Podcast Division, if someone sends a written item to a podcast hotline, especially if it's the official hotline of said podcast, then it must be read in its entirety. Oh, <laughs> I'm not reading all that. I think intern Frank should be the one to read it then. And it continues. The written item must be read by an official host or hosts of said podcast. No interns allowed, even if they are terrible and smelly and named Frank. Wait, it really says that? It does! Ah, well, look at that. It does. Well, I mean, it is long, so what do you think? We each take a half? Well, that sounds great to me, Dave. Why don't you get us started? Oh, no, no, no. I insist. Oh, but I insist, Dave. No, Ethan, really, you should go first. It's Dave and Ethan's podcast. Your name is first. You should go first. Right, right, right. But first is the worst, second is the best, so you're the best. You should go first. I don't want to be the worst. Well, I'm tired of being the worst. Fine! <clears throat> The first half of the postcard says Tahu Wahuai Laa Tahu Wahi Wahi La Ahu Hene Laa Pili Kulufala Pututui Lua Ite Taola Hanu Lipo Ite Pahalai. And the second half says These two Al fans rode the Jungle Cruise ride today and can confirm dot 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 one Bengal tigers can jump over twenty feet. Two, 
That's an African bull elephant. Three, the backside of water is pretty stinking majestic. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Heart, Anna Canada, plus John Katz. Wow, thanks for the postcard, Anna and John. And thanks for confirming all of that for us. Yeah, and thanks for those lyrics. And thanks for letting Ethan practice his sarcastic voice. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also socially connected. Did you know Darwin, Minnesota has its very own Facebook group? Life in Darwin, Minnesota, world's largest ball of twine, is the place to be if you want to talk about any upcoming events, news, and community updates like the Darwin Day itinerary, tree lighting ceremony, and the new park fence. Stacy Jaskabreski recently posted that Trouble's Number 2 restaurant and bar Darwin was short-staffed because most of the younger staff are off to prom and making memories. Scarlet Rush posted, well, an empty post because the content that was originally in the post is no longer available. And Julie A. Garter recently posted that Due to unforeseen circumstances, Subway of Litchfield will not be open until 11 a.m. today. We're not sure why people are posting about Litchfield in the Darwin group, but where else can you find riveting discussions like these? So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next social media posting expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Jackson Scoggins, Discover Darwin, and our newest sponsor, Patrick Gaffney. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend-level Patreon supporters. Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, Zach, Dana B., Blair, Kev, Javier, Ron, Scott, UH Jeff, Nancy, Mike, Matthew, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, and Allison. Also thanks to Kat and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you've enjoyed these past four family-friendly years of our Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your very own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every bonus episode, and the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise pitiful, meaningless existence. And now would be a great time to join if you haven't already, because you'll be the very first to hear each and every one of our remaining brand new, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes the instant they drop. We swear they're coming soon! Stupid intern Frank. And don't forget to check our official merchandise shop over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. As we enter our fifth year together on the air, now would be a great time to pick up an Inverse Logo Classic Tee. For only $20, you can pick up this shirt in any size from S, M, L, XL, 2XL, 3XL, 4XL, 5XL, LT, XLT, 2XT, 3XT, and 4XT. The sizing guide is appropriately available in both inch and centimeter for your convenience.
We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rum to Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you are there, click on Read Dixie's Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes and follow along with our adventures on tour and click on Black and White and weird all over bonus episodes for our special series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, next time you pre-order a Weird Al poster, it will take fewer than seven months to arrive. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline. That number is 347-SPATULA, as seen in the Illustrated Al. Give it a call, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to Ludacris Laurie McMillan for joining us this episode. Thank you to Ron Albro, John Katz, Anna Canada, Matthew Durgensen, Todd Giebenhain, David D. Squared Liebold. Frank Caffiero, Frank J. Liska, Frank Garcia Hedgel, Ethan's brother Ryan Allman, Adrian Chaffee Chaffee, Michael Microwave Hoge, Suzanne Linda McCartney Ruzala, John Blaze Kelly, Andrew Weird Al Thompson, and thank you to the Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song, and thanks to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, and until the next time, remember to gill and chill. Dave, have you heard about this new chat GPT thing? It might be helpful for writing our episodes. I don't know. I kind of like the conversations that intern Frank scripts for us. Okay, well, but maybe we could try it for one episode? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, for this episode, let's just read what Frank wrote us. Opening theme music. Welcome to another episode of Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Ethan. There's a lot going on in the world of Weird Al, so let's dive right in. First up, Al was recently inducted into the New Jersey Hall of Fame. That's a huge honor for him. And it's also great to see him getting recognition in his home state. Absolutely. And just last week, Al announced a new tour for 2022. I can't wait for this tour. It's been too long since I've seen him perform live. Same here. And in other news, Al recently released a new song called The North Korea Polka. Yeah, it's a polka medley of songs that were popular in North Korea. It's classic Weird Al. Definitely. And speaking of new music, Al has also been teasing a new album on social media. I can't wait to hear what he has in store for us. He's always pushing boundaries and trying new things. Agreed. And finally, Al was recently a guest on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, where he performed a parody of a Hamilton song. It was amazing. He always manages to come up with clever parodies that are relevant and hilarious. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Until next time, keep listening to Weird Al and stay cheesy. Ah!
That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 194-inch. Stay cheesy. Well, what if you would have ruined history, and, and not to be insulting,